Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Leaving Neverland accusers speak out. Media missteps in the Jesse Smollett case. Plus, the woman under fire over R. Kelly's bail and a messy, messy reality TV cheating scandal. All this and more on Meet the Hollywood Press for March 3rd, 2019. I'm Alina Vision, and now your host of Meet the Hollywood Press, Joseph Kapsch. Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome back to Meet the Hollywood Press. I am Joseph. Good afternoon, Alina Vision. Good afternoon. How excited are we to be here today? We're always excited. It's Sunday fun day. But I mean, last week we had our Oscar break. We did. It feels like we're always coming back from a hiatus <laughs> of some sort. That's it is. The, whenever like, people are like, the show's not on, I'm like, no, me and Alina wanted to watch the Oscars. We did. We really did. Yeah. We needed to watch. The Oscars with no host. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so first I want to introduce my guest this week. We are welcoming back um, to meet the Hollywood press. Anita Bennett, the founder and managing editor of Urban Hollywood 411. Check it out online. She's breaking mad scoops over there. I'm trying. You're trying. You're doing a great job. Welcome back again. Thank you. And also, we welcome actor, writer, producer Harvey Guillen. That's right. I was so nervous (laughs) I was going to mess up. Thank you. Um, Who is starring in the new FX series that will um, launch in two weeks. Yeah, March 27th. What we do in the shadow. That's right, March 27th. Tell the audience a little bit about the character you're playing on that. Uh, So I play Guillermo de la Cruz and he's familiar to the vampires of Europe familiar with the actual movie uh, Taika Waititi directed which I mean Clemens uh, it's the same creator so watch out for it it's a documentary we're branching out on Meet the Hollywood Press I love it we had producers it was funny because I got this like nasty comment from a person who shall remain nameless about like why did you have X on the show they're not like press and I'm like Oh, I'm sorry. Is Chuck um, t- uh, Chuck Todd's show only press? I think he has politicians. I think he right. has celebrities. Mm-hmm. So anyway, thank you for coming. Oh, thanks for having We're, me. You're, you're part of our branching out um, <laughs> uh, guest panel. Okay, let's dive in. So, tonight, debuting, actually soon, on the East Coast, mm-hmm. the m- very shocking... Um, and horrifying to describe, to use some quotes from um, the people who've seen the documentary. Leaving Neverland documentary will debut tonight, which um, features two of Michael Jackson's accusers, Wade Robson and uh, James Safechuck, telling their side of the story of when they were, um, you know, seven, I believe, seven years old, and they claim that Michael Jackson. Abuse them. Now, we're going to dive in here. I think what I want to start out with question to you is, do you think this is appropriate for a filmmaker to release this when the individual is dead and he can't defend himself? I think so, because when Michael was alive, there were so many payouts. There was a circle around him to protect him from 
uh, these accusers from these allegations, and there were uh, supposedly a lot of payoffs. We had the young man, uh, I think his name was Jordy. Mm-hmm. He was paid about $20 million. 20 million. So yeah. is it appropriate? Absolutely, I think so. Yeah. There has been a lot of criticism that there is no one from Michael's camp in the film to dispute these allegations. So I haven't seen the documentary. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. And I'm racing perhaps, home from here. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps they should have given Michael's camp... Um, um, a chance to tell um, the side of the story. Tarvi, did you see it? Because I know you were you at Sundance? Did um, you... I did not see it, um, but I'm, I'm jumping on that. I do want to see it because it's hard to, you know, kind of pass judgment without seeing all the evidence. But mm-hmm. if you have no one from their, you know, from his camp representing yeah. his side of the story, so it's like, uh, I want to hear everyone's side of the story. Yeah. I, want, I think it would be fair to get, like, everyone's side. Alina, can you think of a case, because I'm trying to, like, where someone who was accused of something, it was, like, posthumous that they were, like, sort of doing a movie about? Because it, I can't think of anybody. Like, it feels really? like a first. Yeah. Like, where, like, they're airing something about, like, huge allegations, mm-hmm. but the person's not living anymore. Have they had anything like that before? I can't think of anything I can't think like of any. this. No. But I think if Michael were alive... There would be so many legal ramifications. I mean, his his estate has already hit HBO with a one hundred million dollar lawsuit, um, saying that they violated a disparagement clause. Yeah. So imagine if Michael were alive. I think they would be doing everything that they could to stop this film. Yeah. Okay. So basically, um, just this week, prior to the film um, being released this Sunday. Um, both accusers sat down with Oprah Winfrey, mm-hmm. and they also sat down for CBS this morning, which, what, for what I thought, were pretty compelling and um, uh, striking interviews. So, like, so, Anita, what parts of those interviews did you find the most striking or the most um, shocking or surprising? That you learned. I think the two men have provided so much detail. It's, it's very difficult to deny what they're saying. Now, I do know a lot of people in the industry who don't believe these men who say they are just trying to get money. But the director, Dan Reed, has said no, no cash was exchanged. There were no payments. And I also want to say that there's a stigma coming forward, especially as a man, to say, I was molested. I was just watching You Got Served a few days ago, and all I could think when Wade Robson came on screen was Michael Jackson allegedly molested him. Molested him. him. Yeah. Um, so my question about that, do you, dialing back for a second, because Wade Robson was the uh, star witness when Michael Jackson went on trial the first mm-hmm. time for the young gentleman that you just referenced, mm-hmm. that, that he paid out the settlement. And they said that... Wade Robson's testimony is largely um, why he was acquitted, because he was on the stand and said, now in the Gale interview and the Oprah interview, they they questioned him on that. They said, you testified and said that he didn't do anything. What changed? And he says, I was being conditioned. Um, Michael would say, um, and I'm paraphrasing to him at the time, if you tell anybody, both of us will go to jail, both our lives will be over. Um, did, do you find that it is in line with sort of like, and, and I'll ask you, Harvey, with everything you read, not that we're psychologists here, but do you feel that the behavior and, and, and the testimony that he's giving in, in, in this time around is in line with how a victim would operate? Well, I mean, I can't speak for any victim, you know, um, yeah. because everyone's journey is their own thing, but I f- do feel that 
um, we, we are so obsessed with it's become a form of entertainment. You know, it's yeah. like we we got the story from Michael when he was alive and now that he's passed away. We want to hear more and we want to go nitty gritty. We want to know more. So we keep digging. So the truth eventually will come out. And so if this is what this documentary is going to do, then unfortunately that's the truth and we have to present it to the world and we see it as it is but uh it's very unfortunate that you know they can't have anyone from his party defend him because it's unfortunate but that's the way it is yeah Yeah. did you watch the interviews both the oprah and the gale or at least see clips i have we actually have a clip uh for oprah if we can run that um it's in the tweet that i sent so oprah's uh the own network says oprah reveals uh the reason she wanted to wanted to film after Neverland um, and then tune in. But uh, let's see if we can roll that clip. Okay. I tried and tried and tried to get the message across to people that sexual abuse was not just abuse. It was also sexual seduction. But for me, this moment transcends Michael Jackson. It is much bigger than any one person. Oh, okay. This is a moment so, in time. I think that, that what she's saying is that this moment in time, so many people are coming forward with their truths, whether it was, you know, sexual assault in the Me Too movement or, um, you know, just people are coming forward with their victim, you know, hood. So maybe right now these men feel now is the time that maybe they'll be believed. Um, I think at the time when he was, you know, testifying that nothing happened, the culture was a lot different. Michael mm-hmm. was still alive. There probably still was that threat of we'll come after you somehow, we'll sue you, this, that and the other. Yeah. Um so the embarrassment that yeah, you know, exactly. these victims felt. There yeah. were also children at the time. Yeah. And they say that uh Wade says he was coached on what to say. So it's it's just a really, really difficult situation. But I want to say this about Oprah. Oprah has gone on the record numerous times and said that she was molested repeatedly right. as a child. And she is an advocate for childhood sexual abuse survivors. And she says she knows there will be pushback from this interview, her specials called uh, After Neverland. Yes. But she felt so strongly that she wanted to interview these people. She saw like a pre-copy and she wanted to be a part of this. And by Oprah injecting herself into this, it gives this film even more credibility. Right. And also with Gail King, her best friend, interviewing that. Well, here's the interesting thing with it coming out of Sundance, too. Before the film was even screened, you had Michael Jackson defenders coming out against the film before even seeing a shred of the film. So the interesting thing to me is in watching them, if you had come into this, did you guys find them credible? Like, did you find the accusers credible when you were watching them? I did. Um, from the clips I've seen, and I actually interviewed people who watched the film at Sundance and for a story, and they told me that it was it was horrifying, it was troubling. Um, you know, there are so many disturbing allegations in this film that at the Sundance screening, they had psychologists on hand to counsel wow. uh, the journalists who were seeing it. I The level of detail that they provided... Um, you can't make that up. And I do <coughs> want to say that I don't understand why a grown man was sleeping in the bed with other people's children. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they say Michael went to extraordinary lengths to have these extra security measures outside of his bedroom. No one was allowed in his bedroom without him l- welcoming them in. There were cameras outside his bedroom. There were motion sensor detectors. There were alarms that would go off. So... You know, for all the people who say it didn't happen, 
this is not normal. Well, what parents would like let their kid? Say, I don't understand. You. I don't I care like, where you are. If yeah. you are mm-hmm. my child, you are not going to have a sleepover with some grown yeah. man. Yeah, no. I don't care who but, he is. But you guys know we are in Hollywood, and celebrity yeah. is like an aphrodisiac. Yeah. yeah. And, and people, we see this in the music industry. We see it in film and television. People... They lose their sense. The right. thought of the money, the fame, or even just close association with celebrity. We see it time and time again. And and I do fault the parents. Wade Robson's mother, she's in the documentary. And, and she admits, I took a lot of gifts. I mean, Michael, basically, he gave these people gifts worth a ton of money. Um, and so they wow. are just as much as fault. At fault. It's yes. the thing that you just said. You hit the nail on the head. You said Hollywood because any parent um, that you talk to outside of the Hollywood, um, you know, a- a hemisphere here, you will say, "I would never let my goddamn kid like go over with it." It is what you're saying. It's that. It's that. Allo- it's alluring. It's it's celebrity. You're saying they're showering them with gifts. The other kid, James Savechuck. Um, was put in the commercial mm-hmm. with with Michael Jackson, so there was all that that came along with that. So, well, you, he he met Michael when they were doing a when commercial. they were doing. So I'm assuming commercial. that that James, uh, you know, that, was cast in the film, and that's when he met. That's Michael. what I meant. He yeah. was casting it. He met him, but then to, to my knowledge, like that led to some yes. kind of like childhood gigs and stuff like that. Okay, so the 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 Michael Jackson estate came out against and they filed lawsuit but hbo was very um strong in there like we are forging right ahead do uh harvey do you think the michael jackson estate protesting as much as they are against this film is an even bigger red flag um i think it says a lot to you know being loyal to your client you know and uh, protecting to the end and so the estate is still protecting michael even you know he's passed away but he's still being protected yeah and uh, as i think any lawyer would for any of their clients i think that they're just fighting for his name not to be tarnished even more i mean at this point it's already been dragged through the mud you know at this point it's like if this is like what seals the deal and it's just the truth and it comes out then let it come out let 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 the truth just you know surface Mm -hmm. and just come out and let everyone know and then just seal it and then we will have our complete story it'll be locked and we know the truth and we can put that, you know. Do you think it's kind of funny um, on these parallel tracks almost because you had Michael Jackson go on trial and then you had R. Kelly go on trial mm-hmm. and you had them both acquitted the first time and then their careers were able to continue and now you sort of have the roosters coming home or the chickens coming home to roost mm-hmm. whereas, like, basically, uh, where was I going with this? Because, in other words, there for a long time it felt to me um, that you were not allowed to sort of be vocal like there was this sort of cult of like Michael Jackson supporters within mm-hmm. the industry and you even if you had the opinion that you thought something was off you weren't allowed because you essentially he had power back then to really kind of essentially do damage to you yeah. essentially do you think that there's something to be said about that like that you sort of have like these parallel because of the me too movement now or now that this is just sort of finally uh quote unquote for these accusers justice in some way shape or form or catharsis well, it's always hard to separate like the artist like you love michael jackson for his music and you love the artistry that he yeah. brought to the world but then it's like there's a person behind that artist you know and their actions you know that to be held accountable for their yes. actions and so if they did something wrong and it happens all the time where someone drives up the wrong entrance on the freeway you know and they're intoxicated yeah. and we look the other way because it's the star you know power but they're people they're human beings at the end of the day and we're all held accountable 
accountable for our actions. Mm-hmm. And also, Dan Reed, the filmmaker that you mentioned before, he's not, um, he's known for doing like reputable documentaries yeah. and films. This isn't like some, you know, hack that came along and just decided to throw like two opportunists um, on camera to tell their story. I found what I've read at least the graphic details of just from the reviews from out of Sundance. The kind of level of detail that they are describing and what had transpired between them and Michael, either they've got wild imaginations and they are like worse than, say, like Jesse cooking up a potential or they're telling the truth. Mm-hmm. That's just from what my takeaway from. Again, right. none of us were in the room, but if you're looking at it, evidentiary like the evidentiary support mm-hmm. says to me like if michael jackson wasn't a world renowned um superstar and this was just some guy down the street that was like having his neighbors would we even be questioning that he was guilty no probably not you know what's interesting is oprah said uh in the clips that they show from her special that uh over 25 years on the oprah winfrey show i think she said 217 episodes mm-hmm. she tried to explain to people how childhood sexual abuse happens and she was not able to really convey that and she said yet dan reed did it in four hours with this documentary so she praised him he's a bafta award-winning filmmaker yeah he's not some hack like you said yeah so um he is credible and another thing is too dan said that jackson's estate is afraid that this could cause damage to quote the cash cow um, and what he means by that is we could have the R. Kelly effect where R. Kelly's music is no longer played on most radio stations. Right. Um, people are like burning his CDs. Yeah. And so the estate, he says the estate is concerned that that could happen with Michael. With Michael. Um, so the, my other question about that is um, with HBO standing their ground uh, on the lawsuit and it airing and you saying that the. The guys are not going. The guys that appeared, the accusers appeared, are not getting any financial benefit from it. They didn't get paid to appear in the film. Now, um, back you know, maybe. I don't think so, but they could be paid later for public appearances. I mean, we should we should put that out there. Right. They could get book deals. They could get paid for speaking engagements. So there is a potential for them to make a lot of money. So that's more what I'm wrestling with. For anyone who will say that they were doing this for money, there's. would you really want to stake your, your comeback career on, oh, I got molested by Michael Jackson, and that's like... Like, Wade Robson was a dancer, so yeah, I don't right. think that's going to... Uh, lead to him. Well, he's probably too old to go back to dancing. Well, he now, was but. A, he was a choreographer. He was one of the top right. choreographers in the industry. He choreographed music videos for In Sync and Britney Spears. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't he the one that was at the at the not to digress, but at the core of? Isn't he the one allegedly yes, that Britney cheated yeah. with? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> God bless, bless you, Brittany. <laughs> they were young. Yeah, they they yeah. were very young. But anyway, he was at the top of his industry Um, and again that is a huge stigma any final thoughts from any three of you before we move on to I think it'll just be really interesting to watch especially after watching uh, the uh, the R. Kelly 
um, docu-series yes. and seeing the fallout after that and all that's gone on with that. I, it'll be interesting to watch this and see how people respond yeah. and react to this. That's a good point. If he was living, would yeah. this documentary possibly have led to that is a very yeah. good point. Another case being um, opened up. From what I understand from people I've spoken with who've seen this, this is much more disturbing. These boys allege that, or these men allege that the abuse started when they were 7 and 10 years old. Oh. And it started with grooming. And, um, you know, they would visit Neverland and be, like, plied with candy. And they, they say eventually plied with alcohol. And it led to, um, you know, sexual activity. So it, it will be interesting. Wow. Okay. Well, we can't wait to watch everyone watching that airs tonight on HBO, uh, Leaving Neverland. Um, we'll probably be doing a follow next week and see what everybody thinks. But let's move on to Jesse Smollett. Okay. So it's been, it's been, it's been a minute. I should start by saying SNL. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> Jesse Smollett was um, indicted on uh, felony disorderly conduct for allegedly, allegedly um, uh, staging the attack by two Nigerian men that he claimed were Magnus supporters and um, beat him at, in the <laughs> polar vortex weather of Chicago. As I hear myself saying <laughs> yeah. this out loud, I'm repeating the facts. I'm like going, this sounds like fiction. Right. Oh my God. God bless him. So anyway, last night on SNL, did you guys happen to catch it? They sp- I did. Oh my God. They I did I Shark Tank. I, I don't have the clip, so I'm teasing people, but they basically did a Shark Tank ed- edition and they spoofed him and it was just, watch it please the clips are on but anyway i want to start on a different angle with jesse because there hasn't since we were last here two weeks ago the only other developments were some murky um some murky reports about that the $3,500 check actually had written for training in the memo line, which I found to be personally a non-starter because if I was giving you a check to go do a hit for me mm-hmm. and I wrote you a check, I wasn't going to say memo for, for, the, <laughs> for to shoot my friends. I would probably say, oh, for that makeup and hair supplies or something. Right, so right. to me, the fact that well, that was like a story was completely crazy to me. The fact that he would write a check. A check. Come on now. That's even worse. <laughs> well, my, my thing was, when I first heard the prosecutors lay out Best. their... Um, the their timeline. evidence, yeah. yeah, and they said they had Uber records and and text messages they retrieved from the two brothers' phones and the personal check. And I thought, wow, did um did these folks never watch The Wire? Did they <laughs> never hear of burner phones? That's what we were talking. We were texting back and forth. I'm like, have they never watched <laughs> Dateline? Like <laughs> Dateline, The Wire, CSI, CSI, none of it, wow. none of it, none of those forensic shows. Yeah. So the the other thing with that story with the follow was that there was now text. Oh my god, there was a text from like way months ago talking about like diet plan, but it was like nowhere near like the time frame that we're talking. I'm just okay, so the superintendent, here's where I want to start because I want to talk more about the media on this story because in my view, 
Chicago local police, congratulations, because they never relented on this story. They knew something smelled funny. They obviously were sourced with the police, and they kept going. Where I find, and this is what I want to talk, where do you, I found Hollywood entertainment media, with the exception of a couple sites, just dropped the ball majorly mm-hmm. on this story. And I, am I in the minority? Because I want to ask, what do you think of some of the biggest mistakes made by media in reporting this story were? That's an interesting question. So this story was told out of Chicago. Every major detail involving the investigation came from the CBS station in Chicago, the ABC station in Chicago. I don't know where the Chicago Tribune was on this, but they've had a lot of budget cuts. Anyway, (laughs) the Hollywood, the trades did break angles like Jesse was being... I won't say he's been fired, but he has been written out of the remaining episodes of this season of Empire. Now, the trades were ahead on the Hollywood angles, but I don't think a single trade or the LA Times sent anyone to Chicago to really investigate this story. And maybe they felt it wasn't worth it because these local stations, you know, they've been... They have deep sources in the Chicago Police Department. And what was really interesting to me is at first I thought... Jesse's camp was winning the PR battle in this by going on GMA, sitting down with Robin Roberts. I was like, okay, well, I I get Jesse's side of the story. But what the Chicago Police Department did, you know, they won't admit to it, but there was this drip, drip, drip of information being leaked to the local media. Yeah. And that's how we were hearing their side of the story. Well, the interesting part was I was shocked because a bunch of Hollywood journalists Mm -hmm. who I tend to respect some of these ones where I would see their tweets actually going, oh, the sources. Oh, please, two sources. And it's a local Chicago. And I'm going, the sources are from the police. It is the police. Like, we're journalists. We know this. They're coming from... It's because the cops were were basically smoking him out because they're like, he's not cooperating anymore. He went on GMA and really pissed them off Mm because that's the next question I want to get to. Like, what do you make of the superintendent coming um, on with that press conference? Have you ever seen a, a press conference with that level of detail and a timeline that specific? Not in a very long time. What I also found interesting was pretty much everyone involved in this investigation was African American. Mm-hmm. And so we can't say, well, they're targeting a black man. They're trying to refute a black man because the police superintendent was black. The lead prosecutor is black. Yeah. The, right. the judge in the bail hearing was black. Yeah. Which I've never seen that. So right. I was that was really fascinating to me. Harvey as an actor cuz you're you know you're an actor right now. Yeah. Um what 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 would your take like in terms of I got just- most of my information through social media. Like mm-hmm. really when it came up it bounced up because every celebrity was uh backing the story up. And yes. there was everyone posting um this is justice, an hashtag justice. #justice for justice. And so my first take was like, whoa, that, that was the first I've heard of it. Because yes. I saw celebrity friends and people posting it on Twitter, on Instagram, and it made me think, wow, we're really quick to defend one of our own, obviously, because they Always. are part of our community, and because he's LGBT, you know, he's part of the community. Yeah. He, he checked in, all the boxes. All yeah. the boxes. And so, For social justice warriors. They were, I, like, in their exactly. glory on this. But I will say this, it did bring up um, awareness for us, because I feel like, like you were saying earlier, when someone gets attacked in America, if they're LGBTQ, and they happen to be African-American, and they, uh, we don't hear about it. 
You know yeah. what I mean? And for once, we actually heard about something happening because it happened to a celebrity. Yes. So when it happened to a celebrity, it brought it to the forefront. Yes. And so I will say, out of all this and all the chaos that's happening, we don't know what the actual truth and when it comes out. But when it does, it brought it to the forefront, and it has to be talked about. Mm-hmm. The odd part of this story from the get-go, and Anita can attest this because we worked at um, The Wrap together during Empire's Height, and I was a big fan of Jesse Smollett, and I actually put him on the cover of our fall TV along with like Jack Fowl. We did this first ever fall. So I was always, even to the point, they're like, do we gotta write this story? Like, you know, like I would be... I I was never a fan of it. I was covering, like, I was really covering Empire at The Wrap at the time. So this is a person coming from a point where I like liked him i think he's talented so from the minute it happened for me i my instinct was not jumping on the justice for jussie hashtag bandwagon Mm -hmm. something didn't smell right as and this is a a journalist who's had like a year out of like daily reporting something never smelt right from the start yeah Mm -hmm. this is what i'm most angry about with hollywood though so you just said about all you learned about why don't they course why is Hollywood so like bad at course correcting themselves because all of the people that were like on the band and this is why mm-hmm. Fox News is feasting right now still on this yeah. story still why don't they self correct well it's with anything no one wants to admit that they may have been wrong um, but a couple of things you mentioned how uh, Hollywood insiders were kind of trying to play down the local stations yes, because all lot. their reporting was on background I sort of understand that, but then we report on background every day. I just did two stories recently where I could not name the sources. Now, I'm going to put it out there. Both sources were VP-level executives in Hollywood. They just could not have their names their attached name to the, the story. story. So when right. you see these stories on background, usually the details are coming from someone very high up. So I'm not yeah. even going to buy into that. Oh, well, they were anonymous sources. It was a police department. It was the police yeah. department yeah. or someone well connected to it. I I was following the story and me and you were we were going crazy on text back and forth <laughs> when this story was going on because we knew we were like, something's up. We were looking at the Chicago coverage because that was the only place. Everything I looked at to Hollywood, I was like, if I was running a trade, I would have been embarrassed at the time to because yeah. it was like, where were the stories that like inside Empire's um, uh, decision to like, you know, there was turmoil going on, mm-hmm. like whether the right. network was like he's got to go and the the producers are trying to save him and the but like nobody was digging in on, yeah. on this story. It was crazy to me. The trades cover the industry very closely, and they have deep ties, deep sources, and so they were being fed these different stories. And what I thought was so interesting, yeah, Fox. What I thought was so interesting was the network said he's not leaving. I'm like, because the network said exactly one trade reported that he was being written out of the show and then the next morning I get a breaking news alert from another trade saying Fox says it's not happening. So even Fox hasn't said, well, we were kind of feeding you some lines. It's not really true because he is. Now he's being written out of the remaining shows. If you went like the different phases of the Fox, it started out, Jesse's a consummate professional. We stand by him. Then the next day went, we realized the seriousness of mm-hmm. this. We're exploring our options. <laughs> then the next thing was like, because it's such a serious situation, we're going to trust the legal. Yeah. I mean, you. We know this though. Like, I wanted to shake like my like the reporters that I even knew that used to like cover this because I was like, why is nobody going deeper on this story? Why mm-hmm. is nobody going deeper on this story? It was definitely a story that I missed not being part of because I was like, there was nobody. Nobody wants to be. Also, I think the person that's like gonna second guess 
you know, he's an African American gay actor mm-hmm. yeah. who wants to be that journalist in Hollywood that's Who's like done he's, but yeah. good he's done yeah. nothing but support yeah. the community. Like, this is totally out of character yeah. of what this people is so do. out of character. So that's yeah. why I go back to saying what it has done is you know did he sacrifice himself and his name to actually bring such a light to this? You know that's what's uh, that's what I think. It's just like we don't know what's the truth until we go to court yeah. and we hear it and all that. But that's it does. We're talking about it today and it's causing conversation. And we're I talking can't about, stop talking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's that's exactly what I think maybe would have been the point of that and to shine light on the mm-hmm. people who are LGBTQ, person of color, they are attacked and we need to talk about it and we are talking about it and it just cost his career. But I want to <laughs> yeah. see, I want to see these loud ass activists and I'm talking to you on Twitter <laughs> on Hollywood that are always the first to come to Twitter and make a snap judgment yeah. come in like what, I screw up I make mistakes and I own them like it's like right. if I was wrong about this then mm-hmm. I would say I am I was wrong and yeah. I've actually been wrong and I've said that on the show they are not crickets yeah. crickets I thought about Twitter. going back on Twitter and Instagram because you know the creator of uh, Empire posted a video like my son and, yes. and I was like I wonder if you go back to everyone who used that hashtag and everyone has just disappeared oh I have been going and, and let me tell you something the silence is deafening right. do you think though it's a sign of the times that we live in because if you look at other places like let's say politics there's a lot of people that are saying not true things and it gets you know debunked and they're not coming back and saying okay I was wrong this that and the other and then the news cycle rolls over it and by the next week we're talking about something else because somebody else Mm -hmm. lied and so do you think it's I think that's a good point because you're saying basically it's uh, the Hollywood news cycle doesn't almost move as fast as like the political move cycle so that's sort of like oh they're not going to think about it kind of thing Yeah. I mean I also think that Jesse is beloved he is an activist absolutely Um, and people just really like him and so the the thought that he may have on Facebook made this and Twitter. Up. It just was so unlikely. Now, you know, way back when I worked in local news for a long time, and so you know, people who work in local news you see a lot of things. You see the worst in humanity, and you're always skeptical. Yeah. So I think the first day I believed, like, oh my god, this is horrible. How could this happen to Jesse? He's such a beloved figure. And then when I started to read like reports out of Chicago about the weather being almost yeah. sub-zero yeah. and no one was out on the street at that time and Jesse saying he was going to Subway. I'm sorry, Subway's really not that good. When you go there at 2 o'clock in the morning. And where's the storm so, walk? So, <laughs> <laughs> so then I started to become And he still had that skeptical. sandwich intact. Yeah. With the yeah. rope around his neck and the sandwich intact. Oh, it just was a little hard to believe. Yeah. But I, I hope that Jesse finds his way and you know his attorneys say that they are going to mount a thorough investigation and an aggressive defense so so if you were let's put our hats on for a second if we were his team PR and otherwise representing what advice would you be giving him right now my advice would be just come clean with the truth the truth will always set you free and I think for me personally yeah if somebody messes up and they say, I messed up, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and they own up to that, I'm much more forgiving than people yeah. who just keep lying on top of lying on top of lying. Yeah. And that's the way I yeah. feel. What I'm lo- Okay, so let's pretend for a moment, which we don't know, but that he is guilty and he did stage the attack. If I was advising him right now, I'd say, get your ass in front of a video camera, Janet Jackson style, granted that was only like a nipple, but, and tape an apology and own this right now and do your, whatever you're going to have to do. 
uh, pay back the cops. He has a better shot at a chance of a comeback if he owns it. Mm-hmm. It feels to me that everything being done right now on his team is all legal. It's like they're making moves that are just to like keep him out of jail, uh, you know, keep his sentence lighter. You can read between all the lines, and also like the stories that it seems like his team are planting. They're like they're trying to sow doubt, you know, reasonable doubt in mm-hmm. the minds of. Um, I, I think if they find if there's more overwhelming evidence that then the cops the superintendent of police says there is and that starts coming out and he didn't own it, I, I don't see where he can go from there. Yeah, it sounds to me like police are hinting that they have a smoking gun. So yes. it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean prayers for everyone involved, really. Yeah. Okay. Moving on till next week. Um, R. Kelly. We're going to move on from one Chicago case to another. <laughs> Did you see how they were both booked in the same... Yes. <laughs> same judge. Yes. Yeah. Same mugshot. Same mugshot. Them cops are busy in Chicago <laughs> right now. They are. They need a better <laughs> setup for their mugshot. They do. Mugshot. They, yeah. They got that little crack in the wall right here. <laughs> <Yeah>. I know. <laughs> okay, the first thing I want to ask about R. Kelly, though, because the latest story that was popping was the woman that posted... Okay, First of all, he he was indicted on eleven counts. Which let me I want to be uh, absolutely accurate in what I'm saying here. So they were eleven counts of aggregated criminal sexual abuse involving four victims, three of whom were underage. Um, aggregated criminal sexual abuse can carry a sentence of three to seven years in prison. So uh, he faces ten of them. I'm sorry. Now he's obviously saying he's not guilty. My question was: They posted. Uh, he had to post bail. It was a million dollars, but he could have to post a hundred. Why couldn't he come up with that for like mm-hmm. three days? Is that because he's broke? It doesn't surprise me because if you think about it, he made his money during like the heyday of selling records and all of that. And then in order to keep up that lifestyle. He was spending a lot of money, yeah, and to keep this harem of women, I'm sure he was. Oh spending my god! A lot all the different money. rooms and like exactly. the bed and the studio. And eventually, yeah. that money is going to run out. It's not like people think, you know, in the music industry, you have a few hit records and then like you're set for life. But if you don't manage your money correctly, it's going to go real fast mm-hmm. if you're living that lifestyle. L- lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. But I have a question for you. Your husband's in the mm-hmm. music industry. R. Kelly sold 75 million albums and records. Um, one of the top-selling R&B artists of all time. And he wasn't just a performer. He was also a producer and writer. I just don't understand how he could be broke. Is Do you guys think this is just a ploy to keep from paying more people off? No. Oh, I like he's, he's hiding broke. his. Well, yeah. well, could he be hiding his money though, like illegally, because like he saw I mean, this coming? He, from what I remember, he he hadn't paid rent on his Chicago studio, I believe it was, okay. or I think also his Atlanta house he got evicted from. Oh, okay. So I think he just he just can't man- manage his <laughs> money. That's right. In the I documentary, think. they go to the house. Yeah, exactly. that's true. Also, R. Kelly came up in music. Um, Towards the time, like Whitney, like did he did he have songwriting credits on all his stuff? I think he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, did. he did. So, so that's why like, so he produced a okay. lot of um, chart topping artists. But we should also mention R. Kelly has said he's illiterate. He he can't, mm-hmm. or he's nearly illiterate. Yeah. He can't read. So maybe he, and he had probably has bad people, contracts, right? Yeah. And he probably has people watching over his money. They yeah. could have done something horrible with it too. True. I mean, yeah, he's. His, his attorney says he's broke, and he blames hangers-on and, and mismanagement. Yeah. 
Okay, so wait, I want to talk about this, the latest, though, story. So there's a woman, Valencia Love, who is supposedly the one that uh, posted his $100,000 bail. Mm -hmm. And she is a 47-year-old businesswoman that basically owns, like, some restaurants. And now, like, they're saying, like, uh, according to a report that I read this morning, like, Yelp reviews, they're, like, pommeling her restaurants. But her quotes were even... um, I'm not going to say it was my money or Kelly's money, and he's not broke, the woman said. He's my friend, and I knew he needed help. He was going to get out regardless, she said. I just went out there to help my friend. She's saying he's not a monster. Well, she is paying the price. Did you guys see that report? I've read some things like that, yeah. Poor Valencia love. So what do you make of that, though? You have loyal friends, I guess. (laughs) They're willing to have their name drive through the mud as well. Yeah. I don't know. That hundred thousand dollars is a lot for. That I mean, is. I love my friends, but that's a lot of money <laughs> for someone who's like real guilty. I don't yeah, know. That's a lot I know. Of money. And are you helping the situation? Are you feeding it? You know, are it's people like, even calling it alleged at this point? I mean, we know we're uh, doing. Yeah. Ju- we have yeah. to yeah. journalism. And honestly, but. I know a lot of people who don't believe R. Kelly is guilty, and like the Michael Jackson case, they think the parents of these young these young girls, a lot of them early on were aspiring singers, they think the parents were also complicit. Why is it that Michael Avenatti, who, in case oh, people don't know... That, yeah, that's why I want you to bring that up. Bring up that, bring that tweet up. Because he's resurfaced. Because uh, he's the one that, like, surfaced the tape. Yeah. Yeah, started, okay. yeah so this is uh, his tweet. So he says, Someone forgot to tell R. Kelly and his manager that under the law, a 14-year-old girl cannot consent to sex, especially when... Uh, within an adult decades older, even if uh, even if you film her and she quote unquote consents on tape, imagine if the law was different. Abusers would have their victims always quote unquote consent. Was that actually a real thing that his team is trying to say that he filmed it to prove that she said it was okay? Is that actually real? I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not even laughing because it's not a like right. Fun. Michael Avenatti, though, how did he come into this? By well, the way, he's trying to get redemption. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think he, so. he loves attention. But yeah. he said that someone approached him, a whistleblower, um, with a tape from way back when that showed. And this is not the same tape that sparked R. Kelly's previous criminal trial, from which he was acquitted. Yeah, this is a different tape. And there was a girl who looked to be 14 on this tape having sex with R. Kelly. Um, and on the tape, I think Avenatti shared it with CNN, and CNN was the first to report the details of it. On the tape, the young girl refers to her body multiple times as being 14 years old, her 14-year-old anatomy, her yes. 14-year-old privates. And so Avenatti um, gave the tape to prosecutors in Chicago, and that launched a new investigation. Now, he's saying there's another tape. That's um, what I just heard, Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. He didn't learn his lesson the first time. No, R. Kelly. Also, just with these celebrities and just call me crazy, but like, if they're taping it, how do they allow that that people end up getting their hands? Like, Mm -hmm. are you that reckless that like you're like? Wouldn't they just be put away? Or like, it's kind of like you want to get. It's like you want to get caught. It's just to me, it's crazy. Yeah, Yeah. but R. Kelly feels like he wants to let everyone know that he's untouchable. You know, it's like like, because every time he's like taken to court and it's just. 
off the hook. And it's like, what does it take? What do we have to do? How many documentaries? How many tapes do you need? Like, how many mm-hmm. tapes do you need to prove that this was done? And it's almost like a, a high, I think. Right, like him. a god complex. Yeah, it's just yeah. like a god complex, exactly. We should also commend Dream Hampton, the yes. um, the woman who yes. made Surviving, Surviving R. R. Kelly docu-series that aired on Lifetime because that was a game changer. It really does seem like these, these documentaries, these docu-series are really helping to shine a spotlight on things that should not have happened. I right? do. I feel like not, not, never more than now are documentaries becoming like documentaries and also... New York Times reporting are becoming like, uh, New York Times and Washington Post are becoming like the basis for criminal cases. Yeah. I don't remember in my lifetime, and you know, I've been here a few decades, but I don't remember in my lifetime there being like documentaries that have had such impact when it came Mm -hmm. to actually getting justice. There uh, There was the one involving, and I can't think right now, but it was like on HBO or Netflix or something, on the guy who allegedly killed his his ex-girlfriend Making or a murderer? Yeah, making, making a, murder. a murderer. Did you guys watch that? I did. Okay, I still I didn't watch it. it. Did it's you really watch good. it? Well, are you talking about Making a Murderer? Or well, there's two. There's two. Okay. The making couple. a Murderer was... Uh, it wasn't his girlfriend. That was, it was like, No, that was the yeah. second one. That was the young couple. But there was another one, a rich man who supposedly killed a oh, couple of different women. or something? Yeah, and yeah. now he's on trial. He's going on trial again. He was arrested. Oh, wow. And he, remember, he mumbled during the documentary, I did it or something. Right. Oh, oh yes. was it the one Robert? Um, what, what's his name? Are you thinking of like the something that was? Was that yeah, that the, the something? Yeah, or? yeah. The, the, no, the curse. The I can't this. remember. The jinx. But that, the, the jinx. jinx. The jinx. Oh, that was the first one. Yeah, that was yeah. a game changer. And then yes. we had making a murderer. That's right. And now the surviving jinx. R. Kelly. And then yeah. tonight, Mike. we'll see with. Well, they're they not being never yeah. Let's think about documentaries. Even with that person, they followed him, and they just happened to have his mic on when he went to the bathroom. Yeah. So you follow somebody who might be guilty of something long enough, trying to prove themselves innocent. Right. They're, they're gonna, gonna slip. They're gonna, yeah. slip. they're gonna slip, and they're gonna say something that's like, "Wait a minute, that doesn't add up." And oh, there we go. Robert Durst. Yes, <laughs> Robert there Durst. You know why I remember that? Because we were forced to report on that. <laughs> <laughs> remember you and I'd be like, that's going to get two clicks. <laughs> two clicks. We kept getting forced to report on that. Because you know me. I have a certain taste of the stories. I'm like, so we got to cover this. <laughs> Although Natalie Wood's death being reopened was the most... I was at Hollywood Reporter at the time, and I couldn't stop reporting on that. That was an amazing story. Okay, so next, let's get to some fluffy fare. If, well, it's probably not fluffy in their life, but... This Chloe Kardashian, Tristan Thompson, <laughs> and oh, Jordan Lord. Woods is a hot, hot mess. It's just a mess. Um, I don't normally cover Kardashian stories, but I'm so happy to cover this one more for because I'm actually team uh, Jordan in this, and I'll tell you why, and then I want to get your feedback. So, for those of you who don't know, Chloe Kardashian's uh, baby daddy—they're not married, correct? Yeah. Baby daddy, Tristan Thompson. Uh, allegedly hooked up with Jordan Woods, who is Kylie Jenner, Chloe's sister's best friend, and lives in her house. I think works as her quote unquote assistant. Um, they and make a blind together. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So she's part of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
They, oh, so she's got my. She don't even have to worry though. Well, no, it's gone. No, out. Now they it's they gone. pull the products away from the website. <laughs> yeah. She wait, you yeah. got, okay? I didn't know this. It's she's gone. Gone. Yeah. And she does so not live Jordan at Kylie's was part house. Of Kylie's makeup line, and now like does that? But she'll get to keep the proceeds probably from. Like, well, they're from, they're getting rid of whatever merchandise is left. The yeah. product. Is left. Well, well, she'll, like, yeah. That got cut off real quick. <laughs> yeah, but she'll she's build uh, right new. She'll do something. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Jordan Woods is accused of hooking up. Well, she admitted that they hooked up. But I guess what's in question is how far it went. They were at some party hanging yeah. out. What I found fascinating about this, and this is the part I want to cover, um, Jada Pinkett Smith, who has Red Table Talk on Facebook, which I absolutely love that talk show. I'm yeah. sure you both watch. Um, she is child... Uh, Jordan Woods was like a childhood friend to them, so they their families are very close. Yeah, with their kids, yeah. She allowed... Jo- Jordan came on and broke her silence to Jada... And I guess the interesting thing, Jordan basically said during the interview that she shouldn't have been there. She knows she did wrong, but that she, you know, wasn't giving him a lap dance, wasn't it? She says they didn't have sex, that he kissed her and that was it. Regardless of the fact, are you, I find it to be horrible that the family has come out so publicly against this girl. And why is it not like just a Tristan and Chloe problem? Why is this a Jordan Woods problem? I think because it's so easy to blame the girl, you know, even though it's his problem because he has done this before. Yes. Right when Chloe was about to give birth. That's why she gave birth right there. I actually have an interesting tweet. Okay. Uh, This is from Jessica Noah Morgan, who is a freelance uh, journalist. And she says, why is it always up to women to to have to justify their actions when men are the ones who are in the wrong, why isn't uh, Tristan Thomas on Red Table Talk justifying his actions? That's mm-hmm. what I agree with. Mm-hmm. So, but 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 it feels that the the way that maybe it's just because the Kardashians and Jenners have such a large following that so. it seems like this avalanche of hate towards Jordan. But I'm like, I said this. I don't believe that there's such a thing as a home wrecker. Period. Right. Because to me, it's like if a person, if a relationship can be wrecked. You had problems already. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel. Yeah. So I'm like defending it because I'm like, sure, it's, she screwed up, but this is not her problem. This is right. Chloe and Tristan's problem. So I'm like maybe in the minority on this. No, I agree with you. You agree. Well, yeah. comes but people are being so vicious. Who controls the narrative? Yeah. And so when you have such a big following and such huge yeah. you know, numbers, yes. that if you attack the woman and say, she did it, it's her fault, all the people attack that. Right. Yeah. As opposed to saying, this happened before. Mm-hmm. We have evidence that happened before. We know it happened before. I I've heard so little about the actions, and even she spoke at Red Table. She said um, he pulled in and kissed me, and I said no. So then that was the first time I heard that. Yeah. Because other than that, we've been so easy to attack her. And yes. why, why, do, why is it the way we always attack the female? Yeah. You know, right. it takes two to tangle, and yeah. it's like you automatically give the blame to the female. Well, I think Tristan's the dog. He's oh, yeah. the dog in well, this. Yeah, and they yeah. kind of hinted at that on Saturday Night Live, but. I mean, Chloe, but not everyone is, uh, you know, rallying to Chloe's defense. I mean, she was pretty much ripped to shreds on social media. She was? Because she she said, yeah, she said Jordan had, like, uh, broken up her family. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but then she received so much criticism. She put out another statement yesterday on social media, on Twitter, and said, you know, really, Tristan is at fault. But I just want to... I want to mention this. I was at an industry function a couple of days ago interviewing um, the producers. It was like a meet and greet of a new um, film, indie film. Yeah. And they said that it's so hard to break through the noise of 
crap like this hmm. that yeah. the media becomes so distracted by, I'm just going to say it, bullshit like this, <laughs> yeah. that substantive stories can't, it's hard to break through. And I thought, that is really an interesting take. And they said, everywhere we look, we see Khloe Kardashian, Tristan right. Thompson, Jordan. But what about, you know, what's really happening in Hollywood? So I just want to put that out there. Oh, I agree with you, but we we beat that drum here on Meet the Hollywood <laughs> Press every week. Because it's so rare. Like, this is where we're like five months in, in, in running, and we could count the amount of stories yeah. we've covered on them. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't believe in covering... Yeah. Junk. No, no but right. this was this was all the top trends. I'm not knocking you because this is yeah. what America is talking about. Right. All the top oh, trends obsessing. on Twitter on Friday when Red Table Talk aired, it yeah. was like Jordan, Tristan, Chloe, Kardashians. Like the Kardashians are it's this huge empire. Yeah. Um and they have to stay relevant. I yeah. feel like well it's multiplying so. by generation like gremlins. <laughs> yeah. Feed them after midnight and mm-hmm. they multiply. No. <laughs> No, um, so uh, I just want to put it out there that I feel like, A, I think it's unfortunate that any of this is even dirty laundry. Some people were also, again, it always goes to, is Chris Jenner just... um, I don't think that again. Jordan Woods would put herself through this no. for a storyline no. unless that was a big ass payout. But um, I, I, I just thought it was interesting. Jada Pinkett Smith, I find incredibly uh, credible, and mm-hmm. I love her and respect her deeply. And for her to have put her on there to really want her to get her story out, I find very telling in all of this. And yeah. it's just like. Also, Chloe's history with men, I mean, it's not good. It's just sort of like, so what's actually going on that you constantly have men cheating on you? Maybe that's more. I don't know. Instead of yeah. T- atta- yeah. yeah, but instead of attacking this young girl like on Twitter, right. you broke up. Nobody can break up your family. Right. You got issues well, if, if someone's kind of choosing. You want to put the blame she's on It's the type of men yeah. that she's choosing. Yeah. It, it, that's exactly what it is. Well, they need to take it up with their men then. <laughs> Any final thoughts on that? Overheard Hollywood. Now, I hear, um, Harvey, you have an interesting story <laughs> oh, yeah. to tell us. Uh, well, I just recently, I don't even get to name any names, but I was with the PR firm. Oh, we're, okay, we're no names then. Yeah, we're no okay, names, just but you can figure story. it out probably. But um, I was invited to this red carpet event, and, uh, you know, I was really clear when I joined this PR firm that um, person who's, you know, Being rep, so we should be clear. He's rep. an actor, so he's being rep. Yeah, actor, and, producer, you know, writer. the uh, producer, you know, or um, a PR agent's job is to walk down the carpet and send you interviews and whatnot. And I went to this event and I was told that they, I wasn't going to be walked down the carpet. And I said, oh, but they invited me. He's like, yeah, but they'll walk, have someone that walk you. So it's fine. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I thought, that's weird. And I was like, so I walked to the carpet. It's raining outside at the event. You have to wait in this regular line to get in to, if you want to walk the carpet. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Usually the PR person goes straight to the front. I wait an hour in line. I see my friend come out of the car. Uh, she's an actress, Kat McNamara. She gives me a hug and I was like, oh, hey. And she walks through the VIP area with her PR rep which is my PR people. And I looked and I was like, whoa, 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 what's happening? And then the second car pulls up and it's another actor friend of mine who's also with that PR firm. And I just felt so, and I started putting the numbers and I was like livid. I like texted like, are you sure no one can be walked down this carpet? Because I see a lot of people being walked down this carpet. And eventually they're like, no, no one's allowed inside the event. So they're going to have someone walk you from, you know, from Teen Vogue and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, great. And I was like, but who's going to walk me? Because I see these people being walked. I get to the front of the line finally after an hour and a half and I'm about to walk to the carpet and they take the picture of the little sign and whatnot. And I'm walking. They stop the carpet because a bigger name has walked to the other side of the VIP. And guess who stopped me? 
my PR, firm, PR firm to let Dove Cameron walk up to the who was carpet, the nu- who's also she's, did you get to the bottom uh, of like why this the, happened? Apparently, it was a misunderstanding that that's what they said. But how did you misunderstand that three clients more actually? There's like five clients there from the same PR firm uh, were walked down the carpet, and I did the math and I looked and. Unfortunately, it just looked really bad. It was all um, white actors who were walked on the carpet, and I was the only person that celebrating the wow. diversity wow. issue on Teen Vogue. We should do a wow. story on shady publicists. Yeah, I have a lot of yeah. Stories. And I was surprised, and it was really heartbroken. Okay. And at this point, I wasn't going to fire anyone. Mm-hmm. I just want to have a conversation. I said, like, "Hey, I yeah. was really hurt. Can yeah. we ha- talk?" And then yeah. their response was, "Can we stop talking about this? This happened four days ago. It was a misunderstanding, and yada yada yada." And that's uh, yeah. that's my story. So PR, you never know what's going on behind closed oh, doors. Oh, well, we're going to talk more off camera <laughs> wow. about that deeper. Yeah. Wow. Do you have anything over her? I Hollywood? do. So um, we don't have much time left, but head to <laughs> urbanhollywood411.com. I interviewed Scott Evans from Access, who's the new host of World of Dance, and he told me the the shocking story of how he got that job, which basically said um, never turn down an opportunity. Because uh, you never know what can happen while you're on that opportunity. So head to urbanhollywood411.com. That's Scott on the screen. It's a great interview. Wonderful. Alina, could you tell our uh, all our viewers and listeners where they can find us? Absolutely. You guys can always find us on the AfterBuzz TV YouTube page. Uh, you could subscribe to MTHP on Apple Podcasts. Rate us, like us, give us those good reviews. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Meet the Hollywood Press and on Twitter at Meet the HWD Press. And thank you for tuning in. We will see you next Sunday. Goodbye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 